Welcome to the Geek Explorer Not Off-Topic Debrief. I'm John Williams, and I got it first try. And I'm Ben Robinson. Uh, I also got it first try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are, uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. Um, so let's do it. Yeah, stuff and things and things and stuff. How you doing, John? Oh, shit. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. I'm doing well. Check your notes. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no kidding. I do need to start putting that in there. Um, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, you know... The usual tired, almost forty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like the Angelina's snoring has gotten even worse now. To like before, she'd you know roll onto her back and then start, and I, you know I could nudge her and say like roll over. And uh, nope, now it's happening when she's on her side too. Get her one of those CPAP machines or something, man. Maybe. I mean, shit. I I was I I went and slept in the kids' bed for an hour this morning. I bet they're not quiet, though, the CPAP machines. I bet you still kind of hear the breathing, and then there's, like, tubes on your bed. I know they've gotten better. I used to have uh, sleep apnea back when I was, like, at my heaviest. I had looked into it for a second, but I don't want to deal with all that shit. Um, But actually, as of just recently, like a couple days ago, I fear that, you know, I may be getting a little too much padding in the neck area and that it's affecting me, so... Good. I mean, the solution to this problem, John, is snore louder than her. If she's awake, she can't snore. (laughs) Um, But other than that, you know, things are are going well. Uh, How about yourself? Doing good. Yeah. I stayed up way too late last night playing video games, and uh, it was okay. It was like daylight savings too. So like, I was playing, and then I look looked at my phone, and I was like, five o'clock in the morning. Holy shit! Yeah. How did that happen? I mean, it still would have been four o'clock in the morning, which is really late for me, but it was extra later because uh, of stupid time changes. Yeah, I was I was doing the same thing, just uh, binging a TV series and drawing on the iPad. And Angelina doesn't like to go to sleep or, you know, go up to bed without me. So she was just crashed out on the couch. She woke up at like four or four thirty and just got pissed. She's like, why are we up so late? <laughs> I was like, calm down. Leave me alone. Jeez. Go to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> skipped an hour. We like, nothing. It's like, what's the big deal? And, and, ah, I just got to sleep in all day. But she's nice. Other than the, the <laughs> snoring and the yelling at you. She's a real sweetheart. Hey, I, I, I decided recently that I, that I wanted to marry her. So uh, at this point, it's my fault. It's on my shoulders. Uh, you just want to you just want to really get all those boomer my wife jokes <laughs> yeah i mean i i get all the uh the in-law jokes <laughs> so yeah the last time we saw each other was just a few short days ago when we watched rock and rule barf man did you see my art I for did. The, the episode art wow that one i will gladly admit to that being the least I've ever cared about a piece of <laughs> the episode lo- art. The lowest effort one so far? Yep. Like, <laughs> like I, I knew exactly what I was doing in the moment, and I was like, nope, I'm not taking more time out of my life to make this better. Than I already have yeah. for this shitty yeah. movie. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to do it at all. It still came out pretty good. Uh, like, well, like, it looks I'm, fine. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I think we can tell what I was going for, but yeah. boy, it's not clean. Um, but fuck it. Um, I also meant to um, to read the adaptation, 
and the back matter in it. There's like a little making of stuff with some uh, designs and sketches and stuff, but I didn't quite get to it. We were supposed to be recording a uh, creator corner right now, and I was um, reading up on that uh, that creator's work. So that'll be coming up shortly. It's probably time better spent. Probably. So what do you what do you got on your uh, on the docket there? What, what, what cool geek stuff has happened? I don't got shit on my docket, man. You know this. Why do <laughs> Why do you start with me? Um, what do I got? Well, um, let me see. Let me see what I can remember from your list that you were calling out earlier that I can steal from. Uh, no, the the one note that I had on my notes when I looked just the other day because um, <laughs> I don't know I'm a busy man is John DiMaggio. Oh yeah, is back. He's coming back for uh, for Futurama. Yep. So we will have proper Bender. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. He just wanted more money, and I bet they gave it to him. Yeah, and you know, reading up about it a little bit, I did appreciate um, his stance. You know, like he he was saying, like quite frankly, that the entire cast yeah needed more money. You know, that they were all being underpaid, and that he was trying to just get his value, like knowing what you're worth. Which isn't always a bad thing. Uh, I mean, especially if, I mean, as long as you're not crossing whatever line it is into just flat out greed. Well, and he's got other stuff going on. So if he could go make more money doing something else that maybe is more creatively fulfilling. I mean, he's done a lot of Bender. Mm -hmm. Probably has to do Bender impressions at every Comic Con he goes to. Which, (laughs) given a Bender impression, is essentially his voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm back, baby. So it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. He's got other things to do. Like, I mean, if they're not going to compensate him, you know, in his mind fairly, then why would he do it? I mean, get paid for your art. Like don't he doesn't need to do this for exposure at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be like like if um never mind. <laughs> so I mean, I I I get it. Get more money. I mean, like he he was in uh, one of the episodes of uh the boy's diabolical doing a voice. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I heard him in there and was like, oh, that's that's John DiMaggio. Yeah, his voice is around. And I mean, there there is a certain um a certain like uh, a level of pay that you should expect or or a level of value that you bring to the table when it's something that is a beloved character that you're coming back to. You know, like like if yeah. if if Jim Carrey was gonna do some rando new flick. You know, like his, he, he might not ask as much as if he was going to do a new Ace Ventura. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like like if the studio was trying to bring him back for another Ace, you know, you would expect the payday to be a bit larger. I I imagine for Dumb and Dumber 2, he, he made quite a bit more than he did, you know, his little projects before and after that. Because, yeah, if you're doing something interesting and fun and new, you're willing to do it for less money. But if you're going back to some stuff that you've done a bunch of times already... You know, mm-hmm. it may not be that creatively f- fulfilling to go in and play the same character again. Yeah. Yeah. That's why contract negotiations, when you're returning to a, to a character that's, you know, that's known, that's why they happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad he's going to be back though. Cause, uh, Futurama without Bender would have suffered. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure they could have found a good Bender impersonator, but yeah, I would have noticed the difference. Yeah, you know, like you, you can tell, you can tell when somebody else. And even if over. you couldn't tell, you'd know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it would, it, it would taint the experience one way or the other. Yeah. But you did mention that, uh, John DiMaggio is in the boys diabolical. We talked about that trailer a while back. When we talked about it, I didn't realize it was like 
out now. I think it was like two days later. I, I saw it on Amazon. And I was like, oh, shit, that's out right now. Okay, cool. That's the thing we talked about. Yeah. And uh, the girls were at Girl Scouts one night. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to watch. It's eight episodes and they're like half an hour long each. So I was able to kind of just blaze through them. Oh, cool. So you binged the whole thing. Yeah, which is probably more time that I've spent like watching TV in one sitting than I have in a very long time. Oh, damn. You did the whole thing at once, huh? Yeah. Nice. And uh, it's pretty good. It's not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Uh, it starts out pretty weak. Like the, the Really? The first one was probably my least favorite out of all of them. And it was it was okay. I get, I get what they were doing with it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of just like leaning into the crassness and gore of the series. And uh, just being like, hey, look, here's a cartoon where people's heads explode. <laughs> this is the thing you want to see? Yeah. Sex and violence. Woo! Uh, Sex, which huh? is just um, that by itself doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, do it for me. It's got to uh, have something else on offer. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it has to go along with some good storytelling and like yeah. like interesting stuff outside of that. Like the people they got to write these, I was kind of surprised. Like like the Garth Ennis one was, I mean, it was a solid boys story, mm-hmm. and it had like the the character art all matched the comics. Like, they weren't going for, like, making folks look like the TV show. They were all modeled after the comic Oh, so Huey cool. looked like Simon Pegg with a goatee? Uh, Huey wasn't? I don't know if he was in it. Oh, damn. It was cool. That one was pretty good. It had a good little story. I mean, it was it was like a little, like, one-shot comic, essentially, mm-hmm. of the boys. And it was great. Uh, what stood out to me, like, that my two favorite ones was the one written and voiced by Aquafina mm-hmm. and Andy Samberg's. Okay. Which was not funny at all. Weird. Yeah. Wait, and, are those those are two separate two ones? Two separate okay. ones, and both of those were really fucking good. And there were some other ones in there that were pretty good, but those ones really stood out to me as the best. Damn. And was, they were very different. I mean, everything was very different styles the whole way through. It was pretty yeah. cool. Was there any uh, Jason Manzukis voices in there? You know, I don't. Not that I noticed. That's a little surprising to me. His his voice seems to be everywhere now. Which is so weird to me because he's got such a uh, distinctive voice that it's it's not like a, like he doesn't do characters like it's always just Jason Manzukis's voice whether it's a you know dude from Invincible to uh, Tommy Lee's Ding Dong he's like what is it John H Benjamin oh yeah Where yeah his voice is John H Benjamin's voice yeah. everywhere he doesn't do voices it's you know the guy from Bob's Burgers or. Coach McGurk. Yeah, yeah, yes. Or going uh, way back, Archer. Archer, yeah. Or is like, it H. John Benjamin? Oh, I think it's I think it might be H. John Benjamin. Not like it actually matters. Why would I even care enough to say that? Yeah, I don't know. It was in my head for a second. I said, nah, let it go. And then I was like, you know what? It came back in my head and I was like, you know what? If it came back, it's important <laughs> it to say must, this. Must must be right. But you know what? Let's not figure it out. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> if he can't bother to to come up with a new voice as a voice actor yeah. i don't need to bother looking up his name yeah but i enjoy the the vocal talents of uh b josh uh benjamin benjamin yeah <laughs> <laughs> b. Josh. oh henderson Those... all right um but yeah i mean all in all i enjoyed it, it do you was, recommend it it's worth a watch i mean it's you know you could breeze through them um like i said the, the those two were the best two but there was there was something there in all of them and they're all Pretty beautiful. Like the um, Justin Roiland did one. I think mm. the second one was by yeah. him. That one was pretty good. Um, again, it was just kind of 
leaning into gore and and silliness. It was like Rick and Morty in the boys universe. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. And uh, it was still entertaining. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I'll definitely go check that out. I just saw that there was a uh, a trailer for The Boys Season 3, and I have not watched it yet. Yes, I saw that this morning as well when I was looking at stuff and I didn't also didn't watch it. I don't think What's I'm going to watch us? it. What's wrong with us? I decided deliberately not to watch it because mm. I know I'm going to watch that show anyway. So why would I want them to tell me stuff about it that I could just find out when I watch the show? Good call. Yeah, I don't think... There's anything that we could actually say about the trailer that would uh, that would enhance it for our listening audience. I'm going to watch that series, yeah. so I don't need to watch the fucking trailer. But you Which know, is the opposite of what I did with Obi Wan Kenobi because I did watch that one, even though I know I'm going to watch that fucking. I show. was going to set that up in the exact <laughs> same way. <laughs> like you can you can even catch the beginning of my sentence where I was going to be like, conversely, yep, uh, yeah, yeah, Obi Wan trailer. What'd you think? Uh, I'm stoked. Yeah. I mean, it looked Star Warsy, yeah. and uh, they hit me with the Duel of the Fates halfway through, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, f- yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I'll watch this. Man, that, I've, I've come to the determination that that is my favorite piece of Star Wars music. Really? Yeah. I fucking love Duel of the Fates. It is just, it's so fucking epic, and it's just, it feels. Okay. I, I get that. I get that. There there is a certain energy that comes with it. I remember seeing a um seeing a couple of uh I think there was somebody dressed up as a Jedi and a and a Sith at uh at a convention once and they actually had like the music playing while they had like a choreograph possibly choreographed. I imagine it was choreographed. Uh sword fa- sword fight. If and, they brought and, like, the music you're in. it was probably choreographed. Yeah, and you're like you're like when you hear that you're like, "Oh yeah, like it's duel time." You know, yeah. like it, it, we're we're going to have a fight. And it feels Star Wars, even though it's not uh, as derivative as a lot of the other Star Wars. I mean, yeah. Like all the stuff out of the sequels was seemed very much derivative of the original trilogy. Interesting. Duel of the Fates is kind of its own thing, but it still feels right. Well, yeah, and John Williams doesn't often use uh, choral arrangements. Yeah. In his work, it's I mean it's it's always symphonic. Like you'll you'll have strings and brass and like the the whole kit and caboodle. But like to to have the the uh, the choral strength of Duel of the Fates is is a different thing. I mean, I think I still have to you know stick with my like uh, shit. I can't remember. All right, never mind then. No, because because I've got it in my head <laughs> like, like Luke's like, theme or something. Well, yeah. Well, see, I've got it in my head that it's the yeah. I think that's Luke's theme, yeah, that's definitely it. I think I got like because there's many different versions of it throughout the trilogy. Yeah. So I think I had a, a weird, a, a different version in my head, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is this actually the one I'm thinking of?" But yeah, yeah, that's mine. Like the main Star Wars theme, eat a dick. Yeah, like I'll take Superman over that, and you don't know the difference. Yeah, they're pretty much the same song, <laughs> and it, it works great on Superman. Um, but yeah, yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi. I am. I mean. I'm so stoked for it. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker are Star Wars to me. So I'm, I've been eagerly awaiting this uh, this series. Um, we see an older Obi-Wan, even though it's it's only supposed to take place 10 years after um, after Phantom Menace. Or not Phantom Menace, uh, episode three. Revenge of the Sith. Oh, jeez. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, living on Tatooine is a hard life, man. That'll mm-hmm. age you quick. It's hot. It's dry. Lots of sun. Sun's bad for your skin. Yeah, and so 
that dude, because we were talking about um, his old look and whether or not it's makeup. I looked up his age. Do you know how old Ewan McGregor is? I mean, he's got to be in his late 50s. That motherfucker is 50 years old. He's only like 11 years older than us. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Because he was probably in his early 20s for like um, train spotting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he must have been, you know, in his like mid late twenties for uh for Phantom Menace because we were in our in our mid late teens. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he looks older than that in this thing. So I'm like, I'm assuming they put some old man makeup. I hope they put some old man makeup on him. He's rich enough; he should be able to take better care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I I mean, I liked uh, what the things I liked about this trailer was it's not all going to take place on Tatooine. Because uh, I think I've had my fill of Star Wars desert planets for a while. Yeah. I don't need an entire series that's on one. That's fair. Though, they're, you know, I guess they're just saving money on sets with that shit. Yeah. They already got that desert planet set up. I mean, I, I have a feeling in the not-too-distant future, there aren't even going to be sets, like, erected for Star Hell, Wars. I mean, even, even for The Mandalorian, largely there wasn't. But they had to model it all still. Like, it's all got to be digitized yeah oh yeah they can reuse that and you know a big bunch of sand and rocks is a lot easier than like a lush forest mm-hmm. um they also didn't show even a glimpse of darth vader which i really appreciated because i don't want them spoiling that for me i want i want my first view of vader to be when i'm watching the show well then be careful because i don't know if it was just like a separate little clip or if it was a still that was released but there was a vader shot just not not in that trailer i don't believe yeah i ain't going to go searching for it yeah i mean whatever I, it's, I imagine. it's a little vader shot heavily I shadowed it looks like darth vader like yeah. they're not going to like change his costume yeah but I, I would hope there are there are uh, talks i remember seeing some concept art cuz hayden christensen is coming back yeah that there are going to be some scenes with him you know like without his uh his helmet on like so we get to see scarred up hayden christensen in the vader gear um probably in a back to tank and they're definitely gonna have his mustafar castle so fuck yeah. yeah i mean like it looks like they're gonna be following the the empire's or i guess what's left of the empire at that point right no no because no, this is this is empire oh, like right. yeah. becoming yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, empire yeah. but this... the grand inquisitor he's uh he we saw him in the trailer yeah, so it's like the yeah the Empire hunting down the last of the Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, which that should be fun. Fuck yeah, that'll be cool as fuck. So uh, get some good. It looks like they had some new Sith folks in there, and I imagine they'll they'll have some you know Jedi's to kill. Well, yeah, yeah, those are the Inquisitors that are like like the Emperor's men who technically Darth Vader is is like you know head of kind of, but he he doesn't really give a shit. Like he's more interested in doing his uh his amidala thing at least according to the comic books that take place in this time and vader immortal or padme the i guess vr game for oh yeah Oculus. like that's like his shtick during that too oh man fuck that game i was just talking about that the other day climbing the side of the mountain with that pipe that breaks <laughs> off the side <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> Woo, that was good yeah i mean i'm so stoked because you know of course along with uh luke skywalker and obi-wan kenobi darth vader is you know he's my star wars villain like so seeing darth vader again getting to see him cut loose like rogue one like we were talking about uh in the last episode like i'm fucking there like i am so in i still haven't watched the boba fett show i probably never will but obi-wan kenobi has me hands down period the end well i I, 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 I couldn't come up with another one (laughs) 
So when does it, yeah, that comes out May 25th. Oh, it still seems so far away. I, I have no idea. It's we'll bonkers to it. me that they didn't release it on May the 4th. Yeah, if it's coming out in May, why, why would they miss that opportunity? I don't know. May the 4th is even a Wednesday when they drop these episodes. Maybe they will anyway as a big surprise. Oh, that would be excellent. It'd be like, surprise, guys. Star Wars Day, we're giving you this shit early. Yeah, right. All they have is numbers. So if they, if they can't hype that shit ahead of time to, to make sure all the butts are in the seats, they're not going to do it. That's the new box office. Like, box office doesn't, doesn't exist anything. anymore. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything now. I mean, except, like, the Batman still managed to score, like, I think all said and done, it was like 135 uh, which is the second biggest opening box office since the pandemic. Really? Yeah, I, I believe that. Is a big one. Um, I guess, do we want to uh, talk about some Batman then? Well, it depends on what else you have on your list, because we sh- we probably should save Batman for... The, the actual movie? The Yeah, yeah, because we are going to open spoiler talk about it. We're also going to be going on a, uh, on a new show with uh, Craig Perales from uh, Last Call Productions who you heard on our show for the, uh, for the matrix recap, we're going to be talking to Batman with him too, but, um, we need to get that show scheduled and, and, you know, we didn't want to not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk about it still. Uh, so do we want to like end completely with that? Sure. Uh, so we got a, well, you got a package in the mail, didn't you, Ben? Yeah, it was for us, but from, uh, our bitchinest listener, I think I said <laughs> now, uh, Luis sent us a care package of his two favorite graphic novels. Like he said, he wanted to send us some comic books. I thought we were just going to get like a bunch of floppies that he had read. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's some books I really enjoyed. I think you guys would like them. No, man, we got two brand new copies of two different graphic novels. And that was fucking really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a chance to read them. I have not. I just got them the other night when, uh, when we recorded our rock and roll episode, so he sent us uh, the books uh, by Boom, or I guess publishers Boom, but uh, it was Six Gun Gorilla and The Spire, both by uh, Simon Spurrier and uh, Jeff Stokely as the creator team. Yeah, um, I started up Six Gun Gorilla, but I've only I'm only one issue in, so I think we're gonna wait to properly talk about those. But I'm super focused. Super focus. I'm super fucking stuck. But uh, <laughs> no, that that was really really fucking cool. Um, I appreciate it, Luis. Um, you know, I we talked about him on the show before. Like I met him at, at a Sac Anime a few years ago, and he's just been a, a really cool dude to uh, to interact with and yeah. to uh, to have on our side. So we appreciate it. And I read them both. I loved both of them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm stoked to talk about them uh, next time around because they. Uh, it's cool because they're both like completely self-contained stories. It's not like one of ten. Like it's just it, here's a graphic novel. It's got a good story, beginning, middle, end in it. Love that shit. It's like watching a movie. Yeah, I fucking love that. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm stoked to, to talk about those. They were both excellent. Well, yeah. Um, you want to get into uh, recommendations then? Yeah, sure. And then we'll we'll jump into Batman stuff after that. Okay. Perfect. So my recommendation this week is, uh, I, I forgot I had one and I came up with a second one. And so I think I'm going to go with the original one and I'll mention the second one briefly. Cool. Uh, you can recommend two things. It's yeah. fine. What? This is your show. Oh, I guess you're right. The power. <laughs> <laughs> the power. <laughs> oh, in that case, I've got more. So my original recommendation was Smiling Friends. It's a new adult swim show. I think it is on HBO Max. I believe is where I watched it. Okay. I haven't even heard of it. Um, 
It was, uh, it's really good. They're, they're like little 15 minute episodes. Uh, I had never heard of these guys. Uh, let's see. It's, um, so it's by Zach Hadel and Michael Cusack, uh, who, uh, I have never heard of before, but I guess they've, they've both got art following on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. Okay. They would do a thing where they would like get together and do a live draw, you know, where they'd both draw stuff. They'd like draw their shit. And then at the end, they'd make like a little pitch for why it should be a show, like as a joke. And then they came up with one and they actually pitched it to Cartoon Network and got the show. And then like live on their stream, I guess they like drew the guys like they normally would. And then they pitched the show and they're like, and guess what? It's actually going to be a show. And like, I guess they had a fan base and they were stoked about it. And uh, wow. pilot came out and it, uh, it was well received. So they made the first season and uh, it's really good. It's adult swim weird, but it's, different it's not like rick and morty uh you know violence and dick jokes haha or like frisky dingo or bojack horseman yeah yeah where it's it's less cynical okay but still kind of (laughs) cynical would it it be like irreverent yeah uh, maybe i I don't know if i'd quite call i'm gonna watch it like the first episode deals with a guy that's like wants to commit suicide and they like i guess the 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 premise is these guys are the smiling friends. They work for a company called the smiling friends where people call them up when they need to be cheered up and they go cheer them up. And like in the first episode, the guy they need to go cheer up is this like suicidal old man. But I don't know. I guess maybe the difference is like the main characters in this aren't pieces of shit. Yeah. That is, that is a popular thing to do. And uh... yeah, which seems to be like the main trope for like, Adults with like Archer, he's kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Rick, he's a piece of shit. Peter, uh, family guy, Griffin, <laughs> Griffin. Yes. That's not Adult Swim, but but but, no, but I get but still, it. Yes. Same thing. Like you know, just like yeah. Peter Griffin's a piece of shit. Like, like always you're ma- sunny in Philadelphia. They are pieces yeah, of you're, shit. You're, the comedy comes from the main character just being an asshole, and the main characters in this, uh, they're nice guys. Like they're very they're redeemable characters. They they've got some depth to them. It was, it's just a nice, refreshing change. That said, there's still off-color stuff in it, but it's... So uh, it's not for my eight-year-old? No, it is definitely not. It is okay. very much adult-oriented. Okay. And it's an easy watch. They're like 15-minute episodes, and there's only eight of them. Yeah. That said, I didn't realize there were 15-minute episodes watching them because they didn't feel that short. Like, they felt like they got a lot done in the 15 minutes. It was interesting. You know, there, there's another show that gives me that same feeling. Um, it's also on HBO Max. I'm pretty, yeah, it's on HBO Max. Um, have you ever watched uh, Apple and Onion? Oh, I have watched Apple and Onion. It's a fun show. Yeah, that one is more kid appropriate though, right? Definitely. You know, oh, like yeah. That one is yeah, for that's... kids, but it's it's got that kind of goofiness. Like, I mean, yeah. Adventure Time was, was also another one where like Finn is a good guy, Like, but it's also a kid's show. This is an adult show where they don't be like, all right, adults equals assholes let's make yeah. these guys real pricks yeah. so um i don't know it it's fun it's worth a watch um my second recommendation is the same thing uh i think like 40 percent of the internet at least is probably recommending which is elden ring that's what i was staying up playing mm. last night it's the new souls like game from friends from software and uh for the six or so hours that i've put into it so far it's beautiful man it's it's weird to be so involved with 60% of the internet because I haven't heard of that game at all. Really? Yeah. Like, like not even mention of it, or at least not as far as I know. Maybe there's some memes out there that I just don't get. 
I mean, as far as like gaming goes, it's the big dick so far this year. Damn. Like George R. R. Martin did the uh, like lower world building stuff for it. And uh, it's from software. I mean, they're huge in what they do. Like they've, they created a game that has an entire genre of games named after it now. The Souls Like. So why should people care besides the fact that you recommend it? Like, like why do you recommend it? I mean, if you're into Dark Souls, Dark Souls, it's known for being super tight combat and punishingly difficult. Wait, I think I've played Dark Souls. Like, there, there's two or three of them, right? There's three of them, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I played the, the first, well, I, I say played because I think I downloaded it once thinking it was a different game. And I played it for like 10 minutes. You would hate this game. Yeah, I imagine. It is, so th- this is the first like open world ver- w- version of it, but it's not like Ubisoft open open world where it's, you know, all fetch quests and, mm. you know, walking up on top of something tall to see what's to get, reveal the map and shit. It is, it's, it's very from software. Uh, it's, it's big. It's beautiful. The difficulty is uh, there. It is. I, I've died so many times in it already. Uh, oh, you're right. I wouldn't like that. You've got to time all all of your blocks and everything uh, to like the animations are accurate. So like when the thing is swinging down towards you, you better block when it was going to hit you. The only thing you kind of get a little bit of wiggle room on is if you do like a dodge roll, you could like roll right through pretty much anything. The dodge roll just works. Hmm. So like even if like the sword comes down like through you, if you're dodge rolling, you're okay. That's the only fucking ground you get. Otherwise, it's. That game sucks. It's, it's not realistic. Tight. But uh, I'm playing it on the X-Bone, unfortunately. So it, uh, it it is the weakest of all the systems that it came out on. So the graphics are kind of dumbed down. I mean, it, it looks as good as any other game on the one. But uh, but from looking at what the actual game looks like that people with like real consoles have been playing, like, oh, man, like 4K TVs and shit. so much better. But uh, so it was a bit of a bummer. I almost thought about like not buying it. I was like, oh, hold out till I get a new console. I was like, when the fuck is that going to be? Yeah, you're never going to get a new console. <laughs> so I, I will when the next console comes yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just one step behind. So, uh, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, everyone says it's good and they're not lying. Um, <laughs> but if you don't like like a super hard game that gives you no direction on what you're supposed to do whatsoever eat shit no way i mean just it's all about exploring and dying and i was saying eat shit to that game not to if the people who don't like that kind of game you would not like this no it does uh, not sound like i love it what about you john i've got one recommendation and then kind of a second recommendation and then a a little uh I guess it would be a recommendation, but it's a, it's a little peepee recommendation. So I'll start with a little peepee. John pee-pee recommends one. little peepees. Yep, little peepees. Hmm. Uh, I hear there. Um, so <laughs> my first recommendation um, is I recommend somebody or everyone out there who's got a Space Oddities number one do what some guy in Sacramento <laughs> did and send it into, uh, into CGC and get it graded. Uh, A1 Comics, our, our local chain here that's been really, really supportive uh, with the Space Oddities Endeavor, um, sent me a picture. Somebody had, I see, I don't know if they sold it to the shop or if they, or if it was like just. brought it in to show them or something. Yeah, maybe, or if or? they were, like, I know some, some people will use uh, stores to like, they'll like get in on their shipment to CGC. I know some stores will like 
basically be the middleman for comics grading. Yeah, so they don't have to ship it individually. They could ship it with a batch. Yeah, that's money. that's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure if, if that was what, what this was, but it could be. But yeah, they sent me a picture they took of somebody who had a, uh, a slabbed 9.8 Space Oddities number one. It was great. We, saw, we had our, our name on the credits. It said unknown publisher. This is something I never, ever thought I would see. I couldn't even my wildest of dreams have imagined that somebody would get that our book slapped. Yeah. It just boggles my mind. It's awesome. It's so great. I mean, I, I mean, uh, unless, unless there's some reason I don't know about because I don't get anything slabbed, like that must mean that somebody has got some faith in us. Right. Or they're at least, yeah. or at least they feel good en- good enough about taking a chance on it where they're like, Hey, if the, if this ever blew up, I've got a 9.8 slab. Yeah. Like, you know, people who, uh, who have like Harley Quinn's first comic book appearance or Batgirl's first comic appearance slabbed. Like they're sitting pretty now. Those things are fucking expensive. When back then it was just like, whatever, I'll just buy one off the newsstand and roll it up and put it in my back pocket, leave it on my bathroom floor, whatever. What you're supposed to do with comics. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. So everyone else go do that. Uh, my second uh, recommendation is a, uh, a TV series um, on Netflix right now that, that, uh, it's not brand new. It's, uh, I don't know. I think it came out in the last year maybe, but I finally got around to watching it. I, I binged it over the last few days. Um, had it on in the background while I was working, but it was really good. Uh, it's called clickbait. I think it stars the guy from, it might be the guy from entourage. I don't know. I didn't watch that show, but I think that's him. I also did not watch entourage and it's got a lot of people that I don't know. Like there's, there's not one single actor that I could name really is it english no no it's american or like but like it's it's in english yes because there's a lot of those netflix shows where i don't recognize anybody but that's because it's from like denmark oh no no yeah no this (laughs) this is a total american production in fact it takes place in oakland and partially in sacramento you hear sacramento a lot and there's a, a good handful of like you know, sweeping uh, shots of the Tower Bridge and, like and the Capitol. shots? Yeah, and then, and then it goes into a, a place that is clearly not Sacramento. <laughs> or, I mean, I don't know, whatever it could be, but I seriously doubt yeah. it. But it, it's interesting. It, it's, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a thriller. It's a big mystery with a, uh, with a big wrap-up in the end of, you know, holy shit! You know, that, that's basically all I'd heard about it. It's eight episodes. It's a limited series. It, uh, nice. Yeah. And it, it was uh, it was an entertaining watch. So they're not making the clickbait cinematic universe. And <laughs> it's going to be 150 seasons long. We'll see. I don't know. The, the, there, the, it isn't like a, uh, like a crime show where like people are getting picked off throughout the thing. Like it's more just unraveling a mystery of who this man is. You know, like it's, it centers around a family man who... Um, like, I, I think what it shows in the trailer is like, he's kidnapped and he's like on a video holding up signs, that's a sign that says like, I abuse women and like, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, and people are trying to figure out who this man is, you know, like, is he the good guy, you know, the family man that we thought he was, or does he have this weird double life sort of thing? So yeah. Well, and possibly who kidnapped him unless he did this to himself. That seems like a think you'd be concerned oh, yeah, about I guess that I did. also yeah. right yeah i i, I kind of stole i dropped the ball on that kidnap i mean i uh yeah spoiled the kidnap but i mean that's all in the first episode anyway so but my main recommendation is a graphic novel i stumbled upon yesterday at the used bookstore i went on my one of my little used bookstore adventures and it was successful i found a bunch of things it was great i found nice. i found some things i couldn't fucking afford because 
there was like a blade, like art of Blade Runner book for like 250 bucks. And I was like, Ooh. fuck. But I found a graphic novel by Matt Smith, who, um, not from Doctor Who, I presume. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. I was even going to, going to specify <laughs> that when I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, no, I don't think so. I know his work from uh, Lake of Fire and um, Folklords. Uh, I've heard of Folklords, but yeah. I've never read it. You know, he, he's an indie guy. Um, it's His stuff is more cartoony. But it was called um, Barbarian Lord. And it was like this, uh, you know, the kind of a kind of more squat, like a widescreen format book. Probably not quite widescreen, but, um, but you know, fatter than it is tall, like normal oh, comic weird. books. And... Um, it's a uh, it's a fun cartoony story about a barbarian lord who gets kicked out of his homeland and he goes somewhere to put together some men that uh, to go take his his land back. But I haven't finished the the very last chapter yet, so I you know I, I imagine he gets his land back, but he's going there to do it right now. But like meanwhile, he's got little like sub quest adventures that he goes on, and he's it's kind of like a cartoon um, Conan. Like cool. he's gonna fuck you up, yeah. And it's 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 just it's a lot of fun. It's an easy read, but it's really well written the way they speak. And like at one point, he gets challenged by a bard of this kingdom who hates that he's come in to you know spoil his or you know steal his thunder or something. But he gets challenged to basically like a poetry off where, <laughs> where, they, where they have to like spin tales and 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 like the way it's written, the language, you know, it, it's uh, it's. Very well written, very uh, you know, old Viking style uh, stories, and it, it was Fun. Uh, yeah. I I'd never heard of it before. It came out in 2014. That was the exact reason why I go to the used bookstore because I want to find these little gems that aren't sitting on the shelf of of my local comic shops. You know, like I want something to jump out at me, and I want to find something. And when it's half price, it ain't a bad deal either. Yeah, fuck yeah. So best seven bucks I've spent. In a long time, you're going to spend 15 though. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, seek that out. Barbarian Lord. So spoiler sign, time. Yeah. Sign off first. So yeah, they, they, they yeah, you know, I've heard to do that the before. Thing. We'll yeah. sign off at the end. Okay. If they really want to hear our sign off, they can go to the end, but I, I think yeah. they've got it down. Um, take a quick break. Sure. We'll be right back to spoil the Batman. Woo. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. 
Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere. And we're back, everybody. Geek Exploration, the podcast. Here to talk about Batman. We're talking spoilers. How was your break, Ben? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't much of a break. Yeah. I ate a piece of beef jerky. Mmm. So, John. Yeah. What'd you think of the Batman? I thought it was good. You know, I mean, this may surprise listeners after what happened with both James Bond and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I actually saw Batman uh, opening day. I caught, yeah, you saw it before me. Yeah, yeah. I caught a 10.30 a.m. showing uh, at your local theater, which is my favorite theater. And there were like six people in there. And I took Preston's brother, uh, David, with me, who we need to have on the show. I enjoyed uh, that three-hour flick. I'm hesitant to say, you know, whether or not it's like, you know, up there as like the best or not. Because... I really feel like I need to see it yeah. another time to analyze it. I, I really wish I could have seen it a second time before now, but I know that when I was watching it, I was enthralled. When I left the theater, I said, that was a great flick, but yeah, I, I don't have a proper analysis of it as of yet. One thing I can say for certain is that the movie was made very, very well, as far as like the craft goes like it was oh, yeah. shot well yep it was performed well my favorite part of the entire movie was the sound design like that was something that jumped out at me in the middle of the movie and i feel like kind of an asshole you know saying that like oh well my pinky's in the air the sound design was quite spectacular <laughs> but like i've never had something jump out at me as as being so masterful as the sound design in that movie, or, I mean, I've never had sound design jump out at me like that, like it did in this flick, you know, that surround sound, like all the drips and drops and, and, you know, roars and just like all the sounds from coming from everywhere. It was a, it was a fully fleshed out world. It didn't stick out to me, but like, I generally only notice sound design when it's bad. Yeah. Like yeah. if I'm immersed in it and I'm having, I'm sucked into the movie that's one of those things that frequently just kind of is part of the world that, that gets me like, I don't, it yeah. never, doesn't stick out to me probably cause I don't do video editing or anything like that. Ever, <laughs> so, uh. Yeah. You know, and it, it's funny, like I'd, I'd been working on some projects where I was putting together like a, a total like Foley and sound bed, um, in the background. So yeah, I, I appreciate stuff like that. And maybe it's also that I haven't, seen a movie in the theaters or, or I haven't seen movies in the theaters with regularity in such a long time that I'm used to just having the sound coming from my sound bar below my yeah. TV. You know, I don't, I don't have surround sound at home. So when all of a sudden I'm catching, like, I remember in the, in the orphanage scene, there's like drips, you know, like it was a very wet movie and yes. just like catching drips from like the back, right of the theater, like only there. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh shit. like, I was fully immersed and I was, I, I appreciated that. And the score was fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of minimalist. Yeah. But uh, it fit the, the mood of the movie really well. Yeah. Yeah. Those two notes and, and the way they could do it in different ways for different scenes. And then when Catwoman would show up and they would have that little violin that came in, like it, it kind of harkened back to like the, uh, the animated series to me. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it, 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 it felt very classic Batman. Yeah, it, it very much felt very classic Batman. 
I like that they went back to, or ba- not even really back to, that it was a Batman as detective kind of story. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a huge amount of things that he really had to think over. Like most of the riddles, he was just like, yeah, this is the answer to it. I got it. Yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> which is which is fine. And he had, but he had like the ciphers that, that Alfred had to help him with. And, mm-hmm. and there, he had a few things where he had to kind of piece it together a little bit. Um, but it was cool seeing what I hoped I'd see, which was a more thoughtful and um you know a a detective batman where he's going to crime scenes and he's working with the police and he's trying to figure stuff out and he's putting clues together as opposed to just running around punching everybody yeah i mean and not to totally jump off of that but like he does some good punching in this yes but but yeah the the detective aspect was just just fully on display like in the beginning when he shows up on a crime scene and like police are there like it's not like he shows up afterwards to collect his own evidence like yeah he meets gordon there and police are looking at him like who's this fucking weirdo because you know he's two years in and and like it's it is a thing that batman exists yeah he's becoming infamous yeah and and uh it's it's really cool to see him like figuring this out along with the cops not to mention his fucking like video camera contact lenses which fuck yeah those are cool it was so cool because you know like if you're viewing batman at that crime scene he's just like very thoughtfully like looking over everything and it almost plays into like the creepy aspect of him you know like like the stoic like statue like viewing things and then coming up with with answers but like he's really recording everything and i love that that he has that journal where it's like the gotham project yeah and like his beginning voiceover, it's great. Yeah, that was a cool way to open the movie with uh, with all the crimes happening all over the city, mm-hmm. and like they see the bat signal and they're kind of freaked out, and then it goes to the one where he actually intervenes and whoops some ass. Yeah, it was really cool to see what Batman means to criminals. I mean, because like they sort of did that in the Dark Knight when the signal comes out, yeah. and then somebody's like, "Oh no, man, I'm not doing that dr- the, that drug deal." I was watching the Dark Knight just the other day with Ella. But it was really cool, like, seeing the criminal who has just robbed somebody see the signal, look in the shadows, and go, oh, fuck. Like, like he's scared of the dark. Like, like we are. Yeah, like, like when I leave your house late at night and there isn't a full moon, like, I'm certain there's some fucking murderer out in the, out behind the trees. But that, that was really cool to, to see the visceral, like, like, reaction that a criminal has to it. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, all of a sudden, I am scared of the dark, even though I've got a gun and I just preyed upon an innocent person. I loved the speed with which uh, Robert Pattinson moved when he's whooping people's asses. He was a very aggressive Batman. Yeah. And I, I also liked, like, his, I mean, I guess just getting into Pattinson's Batman, I fucking loved his Batman. Yeah. I thought as Batman, he was great. He, he like... He did the like the slow walk quite a few times where he just like kind of strolls up to whatever's going on. Um, but it, it made sense in context generally. And thankfully, it wasn't like super slow-mo. <laughs> like, it was just, oh, geez, it was just yeah. him walking. Yeah. But with how long this movie was, they probably could have had a little less Batman walking towards you shots. But uh, <laughs> but by and large, I mean, he was he was a very aggressive Batman. He balanced everything pretty well. His Batman voice wasn't over the top it wasn't too gravelly but it was <laughs> yeah it was it was it was a good enough batman voice like yeah it, why not it wasn't like a caricature it was a believable batman voice um and, and you know he's not i know he's gotten a lot of flack for not being as bulky because he didn't bulk up for this at all like mm-hmm. he didn't put any 
physical effort into becoming Batman, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm okay with a, a leaner Batman. He still looked pretty good in the suit. And so I, I, I was willing to, you know, I didn't let that bother me. Yeah. And there, there was some controversy throughout filming because he had made some comments about how like, you know, like you don't need to, to work out and be buff to be Batman. Basically. I mean, basically I can see he was implying that like the suit does the work for you. Like if you want to be Batman, you can put on a suit and you can be Batman. A lot of people like freaked out about it and melted down that like, oh, he's not, he's not taking the role seriously. Having said that, like his Bruce Wayne, especially in that scene when he's got like that loose black t-shirt on, like he looks like a little fucking pipsqueak. Yeah. They got that shot of him with his shirt off from the back and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's, he's small. Yeah. I mean, and, and they, they did do that one topless shot where like at least his muscles were defined. Like they weren't huge, but they were defined. So like, oh, look, he did work out. Well, and you can have lean muscle, man. I've, I worked with a guy. I still work with a guy occasionally. He does our slabs and, uh. He's like a 110 pound, jeez, five foot or five foot six, maybe little Armenian guy. And I've seen him just like solo manhandle full stone slabs. And so like you can. That sounds like it's an impressive thing. Yeah. I mean, they're probably like 800 pound slabs. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, he's using like, he's not like picking it up over his head or anything, you know, but he is maneuvering it around to where he needs to, like moving it from point A to point B by himself. Yeah. So like you can be lean and still be very strong, Yeah. but, it, but it's a movie, it's visual storytelling. It kind of breaks the immersion a little bit when you're like, wow, look at this pipsqueak. Yeah. I mean, and here we go. This may be a hot take. I don't know, but be honest i'm not entirely sold on robert pattinson's batman it was my fears ahead of time they they were not um what's the word i'm looking for assuaged that was exactly the word i had in my head but i was like <laughs> i don't know if that's the correct word and ben's ben's a uh, uh english nut um yeah like w- when i see him entering a scene i don't see him as being physically imposing he looks like a dude who's wearing a costume that is batman but like I don't like the super armory look either, like that that chest plate well, he's and stuff. Like, shot so many times, he's got to have yeah, the armor. No shit. Well, I get he's got to have it, but like, that's not what I look for in Batman. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I didn't see Robert Pattinson's Batman being the imposing figure that that Batman should be. Like Affleck, big motherfucker. Like I would be scared to run into Ben Affleck's Batman in an, in an alley. Even Michael Keaton's. You know, even though like stature wise, like he's, he's much smaller, but like, there's something about, about his, I don't know. I just, this Batman was really utilitarian, which makes sense in this real world Gotham. Yeah. But I don't know if he was, if he was quite, I enjoyed it when I was watching it, but like afterwards, when I was thinking about it, I was like, I, I just don't know. Like I wanted him to be bulkier. He seemed like a very slight Batman. Yeah, yeah, I, I can fully respect that argument because he's not a big Batman. On his Bruce Wayne, I didn't really like his Bruce Wayne. But what I, Bruce Wayne? Yeah, but I did hear like a, a, like a bit of an, a clip from an interview with Matt Reeves where he, like his direction that he gave Robert Pattinson was he doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne yet. He hasn't yeah. developed that persona yet. He hasn't figured out the value in being a in having a public Bruce Wayne image yet Mm -hmm. and so that was a a very deliberate choice 
in the movie. And like he was talking about like the, when he goes to the, the mayor's funeral, he wanted him to, to just be kind of figuring out that there is value to the Bruce Wayne persona outside of being Batman. And he can go places and do things that Batman can't. Mm -hmm. So he, like he didn't impress me as Bruce Wayne, but he might've been told not to impress me as Bruce Wayne by the director, in which case I don't know if I can really knock him for that yet. Yeah. And, and, you know, I heard something that, that gave me some perspective that makes sense in this, in that, um, they were saying that like the, the two influences for his Batman and his Bruce Wayne that they took one was actually Kurt Cobain. You know, there's that, there's that Nirvana song somewhere in the way that plays in, in, uh, or something in the way that, uh, that plays in the movie. And so like, like his, uh, his despair, you know, makes sense. You know, if it's coming from a, from a Kurt Cobain as or uh, place or, or even like his anger and frustration. Um, and then the other thing, this was more with his, uh, his Bruce Wayne, was a uh, a Michael Corleone like like dead stare, you know, like like a young Al Pacino in in the original Godfather, okay. and I was like, okay, I can kind of see that if that is indeed what they were going for, because I can't remember. Those are a couple odd influences for Batman, but uh, I I get I I can see that. Yeah, I mean, because one thing that that uh, that they have cited as an influence is the. The crime movie, because it's it's described as like detective noir, but it's not so much like 30s noir. It's like when it came back in the 70s. So like they they've uh, Matt Reeves has said that there was there was definitely like a 70s crime drama uh, influence on this, which I can I can totally see in like the feel of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think there there was some still left to be desired, but it was it was good enough, and I mean. Just the very, like, like the sheer amount of Batman we got in this movie was yes. fucking bonkers. No origin story. No origin. Fuck yeah. Not wasting time with fucking Bruce Wayne love interests. Like, there is just a shit ton of Batman in this movie. And I fucking loved that. And when he went into the club and, and busted shit up at, at the, uh, the Iceberg Lounge, like, that's, that's kind of exactly what I want to see out of Batman. He walks in and he's like, I dare you. Please, come at me. I'm going to fuck you up and then i'm gonna go do the thing that i'm here to do and a lot of people like you could see didn't do that because there, there's a very similar scene in in uh the dark knight when he's in a club going after sal moroni and like you know everyone's there just trying to beat batman up and he's beating him up but like as as we're like tracking batman through this club like a lot of people are just getting the fuck out of the way because they're like what the fuck the smart people yeah <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was from. There was one of the episodes of Batman the Animated Series where, like, earlier in the episode, he beats the shit out of this guy. And then, like, later on, he's, like, breaking into a house and, like, the guy, like, opens the door and looks at Batman and Batman just, like, stares at him. And he, like, closes the door and everyone's like, anything wrong? He's like, nope. And just, like, walks away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What <laughs> like, was that? love that clip. Like, yeah, that's that's what you would do if Batman just whooped your ass and you see Batman again. You're just like, nope, I'm fucking done. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm going home. <laughs> so what about the rest of the cast? Say, yeah, let's talk about the rest of the characters we had here. Um, Jeffrey Wright's Jim Gordon. He was fine. He great. Was great. I had no, yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. He was, he was got a, a, signal. a convincing Jim Gordon. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman was uh, serviceable. <laughs> uh, yeah for the listeners at home i did a little head tilt like hmm what are you going to say yeah, she, i mean she was she was okay i mean i'm not a huge Catwoman fan so i don't yeah. have a whole lot of opinion one way or the other 
she had cats. She was a woman. She did burglary stuff. Yeah. She served a very important part in the plot of the movie. She had gloves with the fingers cut off so her nails would go through. (laughs) Uh, You know, again, with, with with my fears going into it, Zoe Kravitz, she looks like a 21-year-old girl to me, and her stature is very small. You know, like, like, like there, there's one scene when she's on the roof where she's, like, walking towards him, and, and she's, I don't know, like, she's trying to do, like, the Catwoman saunter, but she just looks like a young girl who's just very, oh, this seems so shallow to say, like, oh, she's too short to be Catwoman, because that, that's not what I'm trying to say, but she just... She doesn't have the the power that I feel like a Catwoman should have. No, Catwoman's never really been huge. Like she's not. She's not a. Uh, she's always been rather lithe. I don't mean. I don't mean huge. I mean just sort of like slender and like 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 more. Eh, if this makes sense, more feline. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer had a very like slender feline quality about her. I don't know. She seemed like an adult woman, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't see there's any reason why Catwoman needs to be 30. That's true. I mean. Either. I mean, Even she, though she is in real life, but. In real like, life? Like Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Catwoman is yeah, in real yeah. life? The real, the real <laughs> Selena Kyle. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think just kind of the same way Robert Pattinson seemed a little small to me. Like, same thing with Catwoman. I don't know. It just, it seemed like exactly what my fears were. Like, some kids play acting. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't buy it. You're just too fucking old, John. I guess. These kids playing Batman these you days. Know, bring out 60-year-old Michelle Pfeiffer. I'll, I'll, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, they're doing it with Michael Keaton. Why not? Um, and then what'd you think of the Riddler? Um, I loved him. You know, de- definitely definitely a different take, but I I was fully in on the, the Paul Dano, uh, Zodiac-inspired uh, Riddler with this, you know, like the, I, I remember after the dark Knight came out, a lot of people wanted like a serial killer Riddler for the third Batman movie. And I always thought that was a great idea. I don't need my Riddler to, to be in a leotard with question marks all over no. it, like giggling and bouncing around. And he, he was leave, leaving clues, mm-hmm. toying with Batman. I mean, I, I, I think you know, the weird, uh, incel revolutionary thing whatever he had going on was uh i mean i think it it fit kind of what he's got uh and paul dano's a suitably weird looking guy like, like he just he looks like a creep yeah i mean <laughs> and he, he great kinda, actor kind of usually like a plays creep. one yeah yeah because <laughs> it fits but uh no i thought it was i thought i liked the riddler quite a lot in this mm-hmm. he was he was a bit more murdery than the riddler generally is but i think that's that's okay yeah, this movie was not for kids. No, they're probably not going to do like a Mr. Zazz anytime soon. So, you know, may as well mi- put some of that into the Riddler and then you got like a really serial killery Riddler. And- yeah. Sure, why yeah. not? Oh, I-, I guess there's the Penguin. Yeah, yeah. He was a guy. Yeah, he sure did have a uh, New York mobster accent. Yeah, he was uh, very much not the Penguin, really. He was just a guy called the Penguin. Yeah, I mean he had the he had the balding head and the and the chubbiness. Yeah, he was an he was an ugly short fat guy. Uh not even really that short, honestly. Yeah. The portrayal of that character I enjoyed. Yeah. The car chase scene, that was a bitch in car chase scene mm-hmm. too. That was pretty cool. But like when everything blows up and he thinks he's gotten away, like just his attitude was cool. I liked him. He didn't really strike me as penguin very much, but uh he was a character that I enjoyed. 
Yeah, it, I I think it's tough with the penguin because you know you had Burgess Meredith who was a pretty, even though he wasn't so chunky, but he was a faithful comic book penguin. Chewing on the cigarette and the fucking top hat and the umbrellas and shit. Then you had Danny DeVito's penguin who was gruesome and uh, disturbing and not at all the comic book penguin. But in reality, like current penguin, you know, because like the, uh, the animated series when, uh, when they came back for the new adventures of Batman and Robin or whatever it was, and they had that penguin, he was fully comic accurate. You couldn't do that. Especially not in this movie. No, he, yeah, he's not going to be like floating down on an umbrella and then using it as a machine gun. I mean, yeah, that's and, just and, not fit. and you know, talking about my fine feathered friends or something no. like that. Like, no, he's not going to do. So I, I'm really interested to see where they take this penguin in his own series, which is coming. They're yeah, doing he, a penguin series for HBO Max. He didn't seem quite classy enough. He seemed a little sleazy for penguin because I've that never really true. imagined penguin as a sleazy guy. Like he does sleazy shit, but he does it. With a classy veneer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can see that. And, and you know, they could always go in that direction because yeah. all, all we saw was the seedier side of the Iceberg Lounge. Like, the Iceberg Lounge just seemed like a fucking, like, trash dance club where fucking assholes hang out. Whereas, like, you know, in other uh, iterations, it's been more of, like, a classy club where gangsters hang out. Yeah, more of, like, a 1930s speakeasy yeah. yeah, with a big with band. A band. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that wouldn't really fit the feel of this movie either. Truth. O- on that note, I think this might be my favorite Gotham. Yep, yep. I think they nailed the look and feel of the city. In the Chris Nolan ones, it was just New York. Well, and well, more than New York, it was Chicago. I don't, I don't know when when the last time you saw it, like the first movie with like the Narrows, like yeah, that was shitty New York. But then in the in the other two, they like abandoned the Narrows and it was basically just the Chicago fucking skyline with a couple different buildings. And like you had like the lake with the little or I mean the river with the little bridges like and it was clean. Like you're like, what the fuck is this? This yeah, is Gotham. Exactly. It looked like it looked like a regular big city, whereas this Gotham was I mean, it's very dark. Yeah. <laughs> this movie this is movie is super fucking. Yeah. Like you know, luminously dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looks dark and dirty and gritty and scary. Like it does not look like the kind of place you'd be comfortable walking around the streets at night. Yeah. Which is what Gotham should feel like. Yeah, totally. And I don't know what it was, but there were, there were a couple of uh, shots when it, when they were in like the main square, you know, basically like the, uh, the times square of Gotham. Cause they clearly had like a times square oh, yeah. analog. Yeah. And then they had much. like Gotham square garden or whatever it was. Um, but there were a couple shots when they're going through those streets that I don't know what it was. Cause it, it certainly wasn't like just a total rip, but it gave me the feel of the main Gotham square from Tim Burton's movie, the old Anton first production. I don't know what it was, but it, but it just, it felt like that. It felt like an art deco nineties thing, just in a couple of shots. And I really appreciated it. Like there was no Monarch theater or like any, yeah. like weird industrial art deco design but it it just felt like it a couple times and i and i i appreciated that because it was it was nothing conscious you know nothing i could put my finger yeah, on yeah and, and i mean and that look was very tim burton mm-hmm. and not necessarily like it's a, we, like we associated with batman now because of that movie but there was nothing necessarily batman about it it was just a very tim burton design yeah i liked that aesthetic 
But yeah. uh, I like this. I think I like this one more. This feels like Gotham. The whole play, like just the world building on it, like it felt like a place, like a real live place with yeah. stuff going on and, and things happening out off the screen that you or assume were going on. Yeah, there were some good uh, shots from that rooftop, you know, at like either dusk or dawn. I can't remember which one. But where you see like the main city, but you also see like the outlying boroughs and stuff like like the buildings the Batman couldn't shoot a grappling hook to to get around on. You know, like, yeah, I think about the same thing with Spider-Man. It's like if you're not in the middle of Manhattan, like you're going to have a little bit of trouble you're like, be like swinging. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've been going for a while, haven't we? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think we should probably save something for when we talk to Craig. OK, yeah. Maybe, maybe the more story centric. Yeah. Because we haven't gone into a whole lot of story. No, not at all. It's more, there's like a more of a general feel on the movie, which, you know, will, will probably be amended a bit when we see it a second time, I would think, as well. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can say one, th- one thing that, I've, that I have noticed since I watched it, like there were a couple times when I was watching it, and then certainly a couple times since I've watched The, the Dark Knight, there are definitely some things that... I don't know if I would call them retreads, but it was just like, there are some specific things that seem like, it was like, it was like last time I saw Batman, it was, it was in the Chris Nolan movies, like his own solo adventures. Yeah. There are some themes and some like straight up things that happen like scenes that happened in those old movies. So it's, it's kind of weird to me. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about them. It, you know, whether I want to be like, wait, why the fuck are you doing this again? Or if it's like a, oh, you're doing this better. Or, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, you've read Batman comics before. They've, they've, there's been plenty of retreads in the, what, 80 years or whatever but, that Batman's but, been going on. But that's different because, you know, there there is a monthly installment. Yeah. You know, several times monthly for 80 years. Whereas, like, it was in the last the last movie thing where I saw Batman bust into a club to go after a mob boss or heard Alfred talking about the importance of the name Bruce Wayne and how much it means. Like, I mean, I had just seen Batman begin. I mean, so I was like, some, hmm. some of that though is just Batman. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like saying, man, I saw this new Spider-Man movie and you know what? Uncle Ben said with great power comes great responsibility again. Yeah. These fucking hacks. But but he, they hadn't done it in any other ones. So so it I think it just stands out more to me since it's like, oh, they just did that in the last one. Or or, or if it's something so scene scene specific like busting into a nightclub with all the lights and shit and, and fucking. But again, maybe I just watched them in too close a proximity, so I'm making comparisons that shouldn't exist because that movie is what almost fifteen years old. Yeah, and so it doesn't. I mean, it and, shouldn't matter. And it doesn't. It wasn't like that nightclub scene was shoehorned in. Like it fit yeah. with what was going on. And like I if he really enjoyed his, both if of he'd them. Pulled out his bat visa uh, at some point. I would have never like, leave hey, home without it. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and also, uh, you know, the bat signal scene that that opens up the Batman. Like you know, they did that same thing in the Dark Knight. Um, so it, you know, but they did it better in the Batman. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just, there were just a few instances where, where it seemed to call back to, but again, I shouldn't have watched the, the Chris Nolan movies in such close proximity to this, but I also didn't like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. So Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer or nothing. Shit. It's all you got. No Halle Berry either. Eat shit. Definitely not Halle Berry. So what do you hope for, for the future of Batman? Like, clearly there's going to be a sequel. What do you want to see in the sequel? Not the Joker. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Can we cover that real quick? Yeah, sure. That shit was bullshit. Yeah, it was. I I, I heard a thing with Matt Reeves talking about why he put it in. Because I guess there was like a whole nother scene with the Joker that they shot that he canned. And he, he wanted that for the Riddler's development. Not that he really needs to be developed much further. This is kind of the end of his story. He's going to be in Arkham for a while, I presume. Yeah. yeah, it seemed a little cheap. And that's the worst Joker laugh I've ever heard in my life. I hated it. Yeah, I don't even remember it. It was not good. Like, it had me doubting whether or not that was supposed to be the Joker. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to see him in the next one. I think, I mean, like, I like the Joker and all, but I think we've seen a lot of Joker. Batman's got one of the best rogues galleries in all of comicsdom. Even if they did... thing is, they already did the kind of, like, serial killer thing. So, like, it would feel a bit retready if they did, like, a Mr. Zazz... Or um, you got this weird fixation with Mr. Zaz. Well, just I'm saying, like, if you wanted to do like a serial, like any of the buddy that's killing yeah. folks, or like you know a serial killer mystery solving, like he just fucking did that. So you got to do something new. Kite man, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, in a, in an interview, um, Matt Reeves was talking about how he had an interesting take on how they could do Mr. Freeze. Interesting. I know because you, you I mean, this I world is not in. lending itself to just like super freeze gun. Yeah. I mean, I, but, but like this world lends itself to what makes Mr. Freeze great. Like, yeah. like the, the, the feeling of that, that heart of ice episode of the Batman animated series, yeah. like the sadness of Mr. Freeze. Yes. I, I'd be curious how they would do it. Like, I'd love to see Clayface. I don't think no. Clayface fits into this world at all. No, but I would love to see that. I could but, see I could see a killer croc playing a background role. Yeah. The the scaly skinned circus freak misfit. Um I mean this movie did kind of remind me of the uh, the Batman Earth 1 graphic novels. Have you read any of those by Jeff Johns and Gary I don't Frank? Think I have, no. Oh wow, I should let I I have the first two. I should let you borrow them. The first one uh, has the penguin in it as well as another villain, but it goes into the whole like, you know, Bruce Wayne's mom was an Arkham. Uh, was an oh, okay. Arkham, and that fits this. Uh, yeah, this story. And then in the second one, there's there's the Riddler and Killer Croc, and then a different take on Two Face, and then that goes into the third one too with the Catwoman. I can't remember the third one. I read it digitally, and it was not great. I wouldn't mind seeing someone like the Mad Hatter in this universe. So, you know, someone that could kind of fill the a little bit of the void of the Joker with you know some bigger, sillier set pieces, but because he's fucking crazy, this stuff's going on, you know, yeah. it, where it's Batman's been around for a bit. Now the real crazies are have fucking got, he's got their attention now. Now, would you want the Mad Hatter to have like mind control technology or what if he was doing like MK ultra, like experiments yeah. with drugs and yeah, stuff? I, I don't, I think I'd like to keep it from going into anything like too sci-fi or supernatural. Yeah. And I, and I think you could do that with the Mad Hatter, you know, where like he tracks him down to some place and there's like a hall of mirrors or some shit and like a, you know, some Alice in Wonderland analog shit, except a, maybe a bit darker. I, I don't, I could see that being in, interesting. Oh, and he could even drug Batman. Yeah, totally. Or, I mean, they, but they've done Scarecrow already, yeah, but a Scarecrow yeah. would work fit, would fit well. But like, I'd like to see some of the folks that we haven't seen much of. See, and there is a part of me that, because this one is even more grounded and realistic than like the, the Chris Nolan movies, like it kind of bums me out. Cause I really wanted a franchise where we could have Clayface. Yeah. Or you know, man bat. Yeah. 
Like, like I, I want to see something more akin to the comic books or the animated series live action, you know, but, but still taken seriously, just put it in a world where this stuff does exist, but don't make a joke out of it. You know, like, like they did with Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy in uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't need to, I don't want to see it go into camp at all, but, yeah. uh, but some realistic takes on some of his, his back catalog would be, would be nice. Yeah. What's Calendar Man doing these days? Oh, shit. Sportsmaster. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, folks, uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll keep you posted on uh, where, when we go on to Craig Perales' show to have a, uh, a three-way ooh, uh, discussion of the Batman a la our, uh, our Matrix episode. I, I don't know the name of the show because I think he's starting up a new audio-only uh, movie talk show. So we'll keep you posted with uh, what happens with that. Um, but we're going to be talking more Batman. We'll talk more plot. I mean, with any luck, we will have seen it again before yeah. we, uh, we go to do that. So this was our initial thoughts, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to let us know how everything was, you know what to do. Email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page. Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod, or please call us up at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. And if you enjoyed the show, go give us one of those review things, and we'll read, uh, we'll read it out here on this show. So anything you want us to say, you can make us say it by giving us a five-star review. Yeah. We are part of the Geekly Grind podcast network, uh, and our theme song is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye-bye. Bye.